Cafe Coco Latte coffee tastes like, oh, you got that from Cafe Coco Latte. Hi, I'm Shelly. I'm Bianca. And I'm Deanna. And we are Cafe Coco Latte. And you're listening to the Dollar and a Dream podcast with our host, Marcus Carter. circulated throughout our community. It is us recognizing that general wealth is what we want and to pass it down to our future generations. It is building a community of us as Black entrepreneurs or Black people in corporate America and spreading our money throughout our own, you know, group. Yeah, and being intentional about working together, uh, even if it means sometimes, you know, seeking uh, partners that are not, you know, easily found, but it's worth taking the time to make the right connections and partner with the right people, people that look like us, uh, that are like-minded with the same intent for creating that community and generational wealth. Yes. And for sure, it's about education and what you might be able to teach someone else who's interested in getting into the uh, the entrepreneur game. It's about um, spreading the knowledge so people coming up under you know how to navigate themselves to not make the same mistakes that you've made. Uh, but definitely about freedom, uh, financial freedom. Um, part. being able to to move the way that you want to move and and bring your community along with you all right if my audience didn't notice um the this is not one amazing person that has split personalities that knows how to change their voice there are three <laughs> the holy trinity of cafe coca latte when it's three people whose voice gets to be the loudest does it allow for people to naturally be in their own lane since it's somebody to kind of pick up slack or does it talk to me about the 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 yes yes so uh we do all each bring something different to the table like our area of expertise our experiences our knowledge um is is different for the three of us. So it does allow for some things to be compartmentalized. Like Shelly is the marketing graphic design person. So she does pretty much run with the, the, the art, art of it, you know, the logo, the colors, the, the promotional items and things of that nature. Um, So likewise, we all have our individual talents that, come together for a common goal. Um, We don't always agree on everything, but (laughs) we um, 
we've known each other for over 35 years, so we know each other, you know. Combined? Combined? Oh, that sounds like some kindergarten love, because y'all ain't ain't none of y'all that old. Yeah, kindergarten Precisely. (laughs) Don't don't age us out like that when you say 30, because I'm starting to get to a point where I got 30-year friends, and I'll be like, damn, I got 30-year friends. What does that mean? You know what? But that's wonderful that to have 30-year friends, you know, not a lot of people are fortunate enough to have people that they knew since the sandbox. And I think that's what's great about our dynamic because we know each other. I, I could end a conversation with one of these ladies and be like, mm, I know she's upset about something or, you know, I, I could feel the vibes without it being said. You know what I mean? So we kind of feed off each other in that way that we know each other well. And as far as our dynamic, it might be something that Deanna feels strongly about that we'll take the back seat on and vice versa. I might feel strongly about something and and these ladies will take the back seat and be like, okay, cool. You the driver today. So um, I, I, I don't think it's hard to work together as long as there's clear communication and um, everybody is doing their part you know what I mean it's it's I know it's that stigma out about black people working together and then women working together so we got the double stigma um but clear communication and you know knowing the person you're in business with makes it so much easier I call that having time in the game and usually when I have the people when I'm dealing with people that I got time in the game it's easier to take the back seat because you've been through so many quote unquote wars with that person that, you know, regardless of what they're saying, they got your best interest in mind, even if it's not coming out the right way. You know, like we don't been through too much. I know this person is not trying to hurt me, even if they not articulating it right. Before you guys got in business and you were just friends, has there been, did it enhance or make the business part easier? Or was that kind of a learning curve as well, even though you were friends previous? I think it was a learning curve. I I say often you really don't know a person until you live with them. Um, but I think that the same is true when you, you really don't know a person until you go into business with them. Um, so for me, it, it has been a, a learning curve to really kind of get a feel of how everybody works. And, you know, I tend to be very like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And it's not always the same energy from everyone. So I think for me, you have to understand or I've had to understand that that's okay. Like, it's okay. Everybody doesn't have to move the exact same way that you move because we all have the common, that's the same goal at the end. We're trying to get to the same finish line. So because that is the same, everything else that happens in between or around, we're all ending up at the finish line together. So it's a lot of stuff is just kind of not even that big of a deal because the goal is truly the biggest, the biggest deal what she said <laughs> that and also like not um if we were all like exactly the same or if we were afraid to you know uh challenge one another in a in an idea or concept then that wouldn't necessarily put us in the best position for business either like you need somebody to challenge some things or to uh hold you accountable or to you know have a different opinion because sometimes 
that's where creativity, innovation really comes together when you're able to say, no, I don't think we should do that. We should do this. And you can articulate why you might be able to turn the tides where everybody can agree or come to some compromise and maybe have multiple elements of variety of things that are just as equally dope. Yeah. You know how Kevin Hart says, I don't know if you guys ever heard heard his joke about pineapples, (laughs) like pineapples, like this is the thing that I say when I'm feeling uncomfortable. I -hmm. think our thing has become, is this a safe zone? Is this an open (laughs) zone to talk and have this conversation? You know, it's kind of like prepare people for what you're passionate about. If you're passionate about something that's all right. Be passionate about it. Get your point across. And if the team doesn't agree, then you just, you have to be the bigger person and say, okay, they don't agree with this. So let's go with their take. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't become this blame game too. So um, I think we work well in that, that matter. When did the Holy Trinity shift towards business and <laughs> was there a fourth member that y'all kicked out and then this is just no. the way it ended <laughs> up? Like, this is in TLC. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Whatever happened to Crystal in TLC. <laughs> you um, so, you know what's funny? I remember growing up and Deanna would always say she wanted to own a strip mall. And I was like, girl, that sounds crazy. Like, why? She was like, no, for real. One place could be a barbershop. One place could be this. One place could be that. And that, you know, as we grew up as adults, you know, we get lost in the corporate world and do that whole thing. Um, but, you know, during the pandemic, like everyone else, the great exit, the great resignation started happening and everyone started leaving their jobs because I think the pandemic gave people time to really sit and think, am I happy? Am I happy doing what I'm doing? If not, where's my, where am I going to find my happiness? Um, so um, around that time that the pandemic happened, my husband had passed away. Um, Shelly went through a furlough at the end of 2020. Deanna was diagnosed with breast cancer and we just stayed on the phone every Friday night. We would just have like a Friday night little party on Messenger or FaceTime, just talking about, you know, life, what we're going to do after this pandemic is over, after we get through everything that we're going through. And we were like, you know what, let's, let's start a business. Let's, you know, let's, we've talked about, doing something different, let's start a business. So that's kind of where our journey started. And, you know, it's had some different avenues that we went down thinking that we wanted to do this particular type of business. And it just transformed into Cafe Coco Latte as it is today. All right. Can one of the ladies kind of expand on that? Because that was going to be one of my questions with it being three of you. Did you automatically know this is the lane you wanted to go down? Or was there a couple of things that you ladies were deciding from in this one? Hi, my name is Shelly LaRue. I am a graphic designer, a marketer, and I just so happen to be a single mom of a teenage daughter and a Yorkie. I spend my time designing and educating myself on how to market to everyone, but I have a true dedication on how to market to people who look like me so I can create wealth for myself as well as
initially we talked about doing like a smoothie bar with like healthy snacks and smoothies and things like that. Then we started looking at different franchise opportunities. And I think Bianca brought up a coffee franchise. So, and we looked at a franchise that did both coffee and smoothies and, you know, small bites. We even dabbled with the idea of doing like a carryout restaurant that was kind of way different from what we initially started looking at the cost of franchise and all the things that go along with that. Uh, we decided to just craft our own concept. Yeah, and there's the coffee industry is a billion dollar industry. So that we took that into account too. There's there's a lot of money um being left on the table in the coffee industry. And um someone told us through this journey, like you know, essentially waters for free. And that, that sold me. That's something that, you know, stuck with me in the in the process process with coffee and then you add on the aspect that coffee is grown in places that are populated by people of color um but there aren't you know nearly enough people here who represent the coffee game as it should be um so we wanted to take that concept and really get a part you know be a part of that billion dollar industry and say hey why can't we make money in this area as well On top of the fact that we're contributing to this billion dollar industry on a daily basis, like literally they were making fun of my coffee orders because I'm pulling up like, yeah, let me get this coconut milk, extra drizzle, blah, blah, blah. Flat white, two pumps. Yeah, two (laughs) pumps, this, one pump, this. And it was like, we are literally giving so much money away we love coffee um you know i love coffee shelly loves tea diana's a smoothie girl and we were like man when we were going to places these franchises we don't want their food so we're gonna go somewhere else to get food why not put all of this together and you know that's how our our journey kind of began what i've noticed in our interactions that we've had up until this point, coffee, the coffee is kind of like the mainstay. Um, It's the figurehead, but it's just so much more going on with you ladies as a collective. And uh, I think like Bianca, the first time we were on a conversation, looking, looking back, I felt like today I feel stupid. Like I was asking you the same question over. So I'm like, all right, so what's the hook? What would go first? What would go first? Is it the coffee or this? And I don't, I think I had to get to know y'all to see the like, no, it's not just coffee, but it is this, but it do kind of work and it worked like this. And I think a person got to be around y'all to kind of see how it all plays off. Initially, was that there when you ladies wanted to start the business? Like, okay, we just want to start a business. And then the injection of all the other parts, all the other things that you guys are doing with it, um, to me, you personalize it, you make it real. Um, that goes with the podcast. Did that part come afterwards or did you ladies know that we wanted to, it to be more than the business from the get go? It all really was organic. It, it literally was, we're going to start our business. We're going to do coffee. We're going to do our cafe. Deanna was, uh, at a place downtown, a hotel downtown, and she could probably take it from here that had, uh, a podcasting station in it. And I like that. I was like, that's something, you know, different that you don't see every day. Some people thought it was a crazy idea to want to have, to want to be able to podcast on location, but I always thought it was a great idea. Um, Cause not only can we, you know, do our show sometimes from the cafe, we can allow others to come in 
use the equipment, you know, some cross-promotional type events could happen. And podcasting is still growing at a rapid rate. So people who are interested in podcasting can see how it's done. We always, uh, like Shelly said, have that element of wanting to not just keep secrets to ourselves, but to share them with others. So it's like, that's a part, a big part of who we are. It's like sharing the knowledge, sharing the experience. So, because I I didn't agree with the podcast thing. I was like, <laughs> why are we doing this? Like, I just it made no sense to me. Um, until Deanna broke it down in that fashion, like we literally could. We we're we're killing all kind of birds with all kind of stones out here. <laughs> so we get to put other people's businesses in the forefront. So on our podcast, What's Brewing Sis, we highlight a black business or a minority owned organization um, every week, you know, to show people that no matter how big or small your concept, we want to move the community along with us. So we want to highlight somebody every episode. And I think we all have this idea that we want to help people. And I didn't realize that you can do that in the aspect of podcasting. So Great idea, Deanna. Sorry, I didn't agree with it. <laughs> now, now Shelly, one of the first things, and I think me and you had a conversation first. One of the first things I noticed, and it was, and it was kind of a, a tip my cap moment. The way you, I think when we first had a conversation, we both were kind of describing it, how we were using the podcast as a vehicle. And me personally, podcasting is a huge part of my marketing. Um, mm-hmm. As far as being able to network, uh, being able to get my business out there in different places, getting conversations and getting information from people. And one of the first things I noticed, uh, I think we had a conversation and we were just talking about like, hey, podcasting is a huge tool. Uh, a lot of people miss the boat um, and they miss how important marketing is. How much of what you ladies are doing is just gut and passion and how much of it is a byproduct from experiences in the corporate world, being able to apply those same types of dynamics, those same types of procedures that uh, allow it to grow? I've been in the corporate world, same job over 21 years now. So um, I've Stop definitely- aging us on the podcast. I'm, so I'm so sorry. I'm just 16. Just say you've been there for a while. I've been there for a while. So I definitely understand to be a strong company, you have to, like marketing is so important. I think one thing, one aspect that I'm kind of excited about and hungry about is that it seems in our community, the, the way we are marketed to and the way we market ourselves seems to, there seems to be some lack there of knowledge in that area. So I want to, I almost feel like I'm carrying up such a huge burden because I've been told several times, like, you know, do you think that this is the audience that you're trying to reach? You know, do you think that you're going after these people the right way? You know, there's this, there's a, a, it's a perfect storm in my opinion, because I'm excited to let people see once I design something, how you can essentially move your products by just being organic with people and and not making it this this hard problem to solve i think the marketing game is just it's it's a it's it's exciting to me so everything that i can learn about it i'm just really excited um but what was your question so i'm gonna go ahead and and piggyback (laughs) i just want to say but let me i'm gonna let you go shelly you're my fellow nerd 
because I've been <laughs> sitting at home with this something like all of this stuff feel like a puzzle to me that you get to yeah. put together. Yeah. And like, yeah. Okay. You be my. But first. I'm I'm so I'm so hungry for it. Like I I love it because it, it it almost feels like people have this type of attitude. Like this is this is this is something. This is a rock. This is a stone that you'll never be able to break. So as long as people have that attitude, it's a challenge for me, and I I, I love a challenge. So. Hi, my name is Bianca Smith. I am a professional in the corporate world and also a returning college student working to get my degree in people management so I can be a leader in that field. I am a dreamer. I am a entrepreneur and looking to make my mark on the world. You know, I we all talk frequently about careers that we've been in. I've worked every job I've been at has been a career has been with the Fortune 500 company, right? So I take a little piece of each company and like mm, I wouldn't do that to your to my employees or this isn't something you should do or man that was a great idea. I like how this company did this for us, right? So we take a little piece of that and we've all, when we started talking about before, actually, we decided we were going to open our own business. We always said, well, if I ran this company, I would do it this way, or these are things that I would do differently, or these are things that I like. So when we decided to open our own business, we took all of those elements of things that we liked, didn't like would do, wouldn't do, put it all together and put a little sprinkle of our own personality on top. And what's what's happening now, like with podcasting, like Deanna said, that has taken off tremendously. And it's like, why not do something innovative and put the two together? Where can you go get coffee in podcasts or listen to a podcast live all in the same space? And have good food. And have good food. So Deanna, I'll let you take this one. When did when did the endeavor kind of officially become more than just a business, more than just coffee? Because like I said, it took me five seconds to kind of figure out this as coffee's there, but it's not the crux of everything. I think that happened pretty quickly too. Like once we started talking about the different elements that we want in a business, I think too also working for other companies and having bad customer service experiences, we definitely were like, we want to provide a very, you know, premier premium type experience, not just your average run of the meal. You're going to pay a lot for this coffee and too much for this sandwich and feel like you've been cheated, but we wanted that to definitely not be the case. And we just started talking about all the things that we don't like in common places that we, you know, frequent and how we would approve on it and make it better. So to me, there's one thing to say, I'm going to start a coffee business and, you know, they got white label services out there where you could just grab a bag of coffee. Somebody will let you put your logo on there and then you're moving. Another thing that I noticed immediately with you ladies is that, you know, your shit. It's not just we just pushing a product is 
you know the differences in coffee, so on and so forth. Um, now, I'm assuming you weren't talking about coffee as young ladies that extensively. <laughs> when did the the coffee, not necessarily the coffee education, but the, um, the ambition and the enthusiasm and the discipline that it takes to develop that knowledge of your product, what was that process like? Can I take that one? Yeah. Oh, so, look at that. See, that's how it works. That's teamwork make the dream work. I like that. Yes, because this this question excites me because you know any any element of life that I feel like because I'm I'm a very faith filled person and I think when God shows you these signs you have to jump on them. Um, so coffee, right? So I think in any in any business that anybody goes into, if you don't have if you don't have education behind it, essentially you are pushing something and just putting your label on it, right? We didn't want to do that because essentially then we would be the example of what not to do or what we didn't want to do. We didn't want to be Starbucks. We didn't want to be Dunkin' Donuts either. Um, because it becomes this very manufactured looking um thing, right? And I think as people of color, we can be very judgmental, right? So it almost felt like when we would tell people our concept, they wanted to know the why. What do you know about coffee? You will be surprised how often we are asked, but sometimes it almost feels like we're asked in a way of like, let me see how much you really know about this. Because I think people of color really care about who they're giving their money to, you know, no matter what the idea. Um, at a certain point, friends and family kind of run out, you know, <laughs> where they're like, hey, I didn't bought 17 bags of coffee now. You know, what else do you want me to do? So we want to reach more people than just our friends and family. And with that being said, they don't know our story. You know, everybody does. It's not going to know our story off off the bat so we have to be knowledgeable about what we're selling to people so we can continue to sell that product to to people the amazing thing about our story is it just so happens that um not to age ourselves but one of the kids that we grew up with um is a is a police officer who does coffee roasting on the side so back to the god uh, moment where it was like how he, there there's only about 12 african-american coffee roaster uh, coffee roasters in the united states we just so happen to go to school with one of them it's really not something that you can take lightly and walk away from so it just it just put the stamp on coffee for us but to, to sell something and not have the knowledge behind it i think you would hurt your business you know a lot yeah, and as we, you know, were exploring these franchises, we spent a day sitting in um, one of these coffee shops, just watching the people come and go, placing their orders, how many people were coming in. And it was intriguing that we actually really sat down and started doing research. Shelly was talking to me about cherries, <laughs> uh, you know, the different stuff that she found. And I'm like, wait, let me look. Okay, cool. We're just learning more and more information. And then, like she said, we literally found out a childhood classmate was a coffee roaster. Beans from this place taste like this. The fruit notes, the chocolate notes, these different, you know, notes that are in coffee that you don't think about, but when you start really sitting here sampling different coffees, we've sampled so many, 
that you're like, oh yeah, this one has a little smoke flavor to it. This one has a little cherry flavor. You know, you start picking up on things as you go. So it's definitely been a fun experience learning um, a lot of good stuff um, about coffee and, you know, different foods from all over. Um, and we just enjoyed it. It's fun. So, all right. When luck of the draw, you end up having uh, one of 12 in that type of proximity. So was it a situation where you were, you ladies were able to go say, okay, we sampled some stuff and we know we wanted to taste like this. Like what was that uh, connection, that combination with him that allowed, so did you create your own brands or your own taste or was it, uh, did he was like, Hey, look what I got. You guys should check it out. And it was just love at first sight from as far as him creating it to you deciding to move it. What's that dynamic like? First of all, him coming to us, it seems like throughout this process, people have just been attracted to us and attracted to our story. And hey, by the way, this person is a coffee roaster. When we went, you know, he had a lot of different um, coffees and blends and things like that. We sample, we mix and match. We put these two together to see what it would taste like. We did this one by itself. We did this one a little darker, this one a little lighter. So it was a lot of uh, coffee high. <laughs> like We were high off coffee for quite a few days. Everybody has their staple in the game. The big, the big guys have their coffee. If you smell it, you know that it's coming from this place. Coffee works in that fashion. So we created our own signature blend totally based off just the dynamic of what coffee can truly do if it's grown here if it's ethiopia if it's um honduras the coffee will taste totally different so it was truly just like a combination of things that allowed us to be able to create our own signature blend where cafe coco latte coffee tastes like oh you got that from cafe coco latte so right. coffee is just extremely a wonderful product and so many different things that you can do with it is that a the evolution of a new uh kind of flavor or do you continue to go back and update uh current flavor like what's the relationship with with the different flavors um do they all have stories behind them as far as how they how they came about what's that relationship with coffee light medium or dark is based on the cracks that you hear while it's roasting so you know after a couple cracks it might be a medium roast if you let it crack a little bit more it's a medium dark if it gets to several cracks it's dark you know he he's better at explaining it than I am but I get the concept based off that we might say you know this one is a little light tasting we want it to be a little more bold so he'll go back and say, okay, I, I roasted this one a little bit longer. Um, or if we, like Shelly wanted something with a, a chocolate note, hence our name Cafe Coco Latte. She wanted something with more of a chocolate note. Okay, coffee with more of a chocolate note might come from this region. So we might want to be with this region of coffee. So we could get those certain notes that we want to hit in the coffee. And so if we want a certain note in the coffee, as in chocolate, plus we want it to taste a certain way, it's like this perfect relationship of region and how it's roasted to get it to our proprietary blend. One 
coffee offers a lot of possibilities when you start getting into things like I'm assuming flavors, the way mm -hmm. the different ways that you can present it that also can be overwhelming. There's probably a million different things that you can do with it. What was that process process like of starting to narrow it down as you kind of readied yourself for that national rollout of the business? It was tough. Mm -hmm. um, because like, yeah, we all had the same goal at the end, which is just to create a great product that everybody would love. But we all are different people. We have different taste buds. We have different things that we like. We tasted a lot of coffee. When I tell you we tasted a lot of coffee, um, to come <laughs> up with the best concept for what we were trying to do. Uh, that just played a, a role into how we came down to the size. So what we did was we sat with our roaster. We did a coffee tasting. Um, he roasted the coffee in different fashions, light, medium, dark. And then he also prepared and brewed that coffee different as well, um, di different too. Um, we sat for weeks before we actually came and, and decided um, we agreed on some things we disagreed on on others. But I think um, because our coffee roaster is so dynamic, we were able to find the right thing that works for all of us. And and often what we get back from consumers who purchase coffee from us, um, they've said, wow, I didn't know that coffee could taste like that. I didn't know that coffee didn't have to be bitter. Like mm -hmm. for me, that was my very first time uh, truly authentically tasting what coffee is supposed to taste like. I thought the bitter taste just came with the coffee. <laughs> like I thought that was just a part of it. So because we can get the freshest beans, because we've put the knowledge behind what's necessary to make what we want and, and educated ourselves, you know, before deciding on which coffee we wanted to go with, which blend. Um, that just helped us in the process of picking our signature blend. Hi, my name is Deanna Wardlow Onyango. I am a wife, a mother, entrepreneur, a corporate consultant, <laughs> humanitarian, a philanthropist, and, and, and. I pride myself on being concerned about things that matter to our community and to our world as, at large. So we have a great responsibility to be responsible in how we care for the environment, how we care for each other, and how we invest our time and resources. Was there a moment where you ladies had to remind yourselves that, okay, we're black women in this space or is coffee a pretty free flowing liberal space where there were you reminded of the color of your skin and your gender at certain points or what was, what was, what is coffee like? We've created our own space. It's not, you don't see women um, of any color really dominating the coffee industry. Definitely not black women and definitely not, in the fashion in which we're anticipating to grow. So we do want to become a global brand. And I don't know that there's many Black males or people of color at all in the global space of coffee, um, not at the top of the, of the chain anyway. We're, we're okay with being the first. I feel the Black woman. I feel the entrepreneurship. I feel all of those things. It's three of you. Gang, gang. Mm -hmm. 
Um, <laughs> I feel your point, but it, it never feels overbearing. It never feels like it's too far this way. Like, oh my God, this is like a, a feminist meeting. I never feel like that. But at the same time, I know that it's way, way bigger than coffee. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, no, absolutely not. I think, I think no one should go into anything saying that this is all I'm going to be. I, this is all I'm going to do. Uh, like I said, I'm very faith-filled where I know that God's plan is better. <laughs> God has a much better plan. So who, well, why should we say just coffee? Like we could take this thing and, and do so much more. Like again, we bring all of our talents to the table when we are just not, um, is it one trick ponies? Yeah. We're just not one trick ponies. Where... <laughs> you did a good job. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Cause I get the quotes wrong sometimes. So we are not one trick ponies where it's kind of like we are just going to put ourselves in a box and stay there. We, we want there to be several boxes. So wherever this coffee road leads us, you know, I, I hope and pray that it leads to bigger and better things because um, I think we have a lot to share with the world. And I think as we've been getting started, it's always been bigger than just coffee. We've always talked about how, you know, how many challenges we've seen along our way and how, we can't wait to reach back and let other people know, hey, this is our path. And, you know, these are the things that we found. And this is how I think you could do it and motivate other people of color, other women um, into being an entrepreneur if that's their path that they choose to be in. Um, so we've already started talking about that when we were starting a, our own business. Um, and seeing our own challenges there. So we've always been like, okay, let's leave the door open for everything. And it's funny, Deanna and, and Shelly were both saying, be careful what you wish for in a positive way, because every time we say, oh, we'll love to do X, Y, Z, fill in the blank. And here it is. Now we're on your podcast, or here we are going to these woman in business events. And people are sending us emails like, hey, what do you think about my business plan and this uh, thing I'm going to offer to other entrepreneurs, you know, getting our advice uh, on things that they're putting out. So um, it's just an organic thing that's just been happening. You know, we've been attracted to so many different things that's just been working in our favor. What do you what do you feel like is the northern star? What is the 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 guiding principle, the guiding light? considering that it potentially holds so much weight for not just you ladies, but the people that could come after you or are watching you? I think there's a few things, but one thing that we're all pretty big on is transparency. You know, that being able to share knowledge and experience from hello, from the beginning. Like one of the things that um, the public first came to know about us was that we got this grant. It was the first grant that we applied for and we got it. So then people were asking us like, what is the grant about? How did you apply for it? What's, what's to it or whatever? We're not a group of people that like to, you know, keep secrets or hold things to ourselves. It's like, yeah, me helping somebody else 
fulfill their dreams, wants, wishes, whatever, doesn't take away from what I'm doing. So it was like, as people ask us for information, ask us for share to share our knowledge, ask us how we got started or what, or whatever. With me personally, you could probably almost ask me anything. And it's like, how, how deep you want me to go? And you just, I think the way you just summed it up was better than the two minutes that I took to kind of get to actually ask you a question. <laughs> um, if this would have been a hot dog company, none of this feels like it would have fit right. Um, yeah, no, it's just that, like it just wouldn't make sense. It, would, it wouldn't make sense for what we were trying to pull together. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that it turned but, out. Yeah, I think if we had to do the hot dog thing, it would have been like, this is just what we were looking at as an avenue to build some revenue to get to where we really wanted to go. Everything (laughs) is embodying our blackness, our, you know, femininity, our um, history, history, all all of that. Yeah, we chose that hate blue color that we use um, because that was it, it symbolizes um, you know, slaves knowing that this is your safe spot to be. So uh, what, would ten- what would tend to happen is people would paint the top of their porches with a hate blue, and it would let slaves know that this is a safe home to go into. Um, just saying that out loud and knowing that's what we're bringing to the table, it essentially makes me want to cry. But it just gives us that, and I'm the crier of the group, but I tend to be. No, <laughs> I would have never guessed. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's a good question. So our legacy would be to um, back to helping people, empowering other people of color, other women to go after their dreams. It'll go something like they came, they created, they conquered. (laughs) Shelly, bring it home. like, Like Deanna said, it just... It fits like there is heart in coffee. Um, you really can't necessarily get that out of just any old product. So coffee just fits the story. 